Welcome to the Red and Green Report. Orale, let's do this. Yeah, we are back. Episode 16 of the Red and Green Report. I've been knocking them out just because I've been on hiatus for a long time. So, boom. Um, today's unofficial sponsor is Oni Noodles. <clears throat> it is a pop-up noodle shop. Usually they're at Marble, at the Marble Breweries, but they are at Differential Brewery. That's where I had them. It was really good. Again, I had the Shoya Ramen. It was bomb. So if you're ever around and Oni Noodles is there, check them out. But today I have someone I've been trying to get in here for a minute. Uh, DJ Just Incredible. What's up, man? How's it going? Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for coming. One of Albuquerque's uh, greatest DJs. Um, you perform or you DJ all over town. Uh, it's always a great time when you're there. We have a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, man, how, how long have you been DJing for in the city? Since uh, 99. 1999? Since 99. I've been in the club scene for at least since 2001. I was like... okay. I was like 17 years old. Wow. DJing in 21 and over bars. Wow. How did that, I mean, how, how does that work out? Is it uh, like? We just, I just had the, the connect. Okay. We just had the pool. And uh, I mean, things were different at that time though. Yeah. They were a lot more lenient, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like in order for me to DJ, I would have to, in in a bar, I would have to have my liquor's license. Uh-huh. And so they were like on paper, I was like a waiter or something like that. Yeah. And so I had to get a liquor's license. Okay. And then uh, in order for me to DJ, because, you know, if I get caught, then <laughs> I get caught, they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's a DJ. I mean, yeah. he's a waiter, you know? He's a waiter. Ah, okay. So I wonder if that still happens. I mean, I don't think I it does. Do, I've never seen anybody underage yeah. DJing in the club now these days, like how we were back then. Because I know there were even MCs, like, going into Burt's, um, going into different places that would, like, battle or rap or yeah, do a yeah. showcase but they had to like stay on stage. They couldn't. They See, couldn't move stay, from the stage. I, yeah, I had to stay in the DJ booth. Oh, okay, okay. But that never happened. I was running Damn. around. <laughs> so how long? Um, so 1999, you said. Yes. Yeah, that, so that was your beginning. How? What got you into DJing? Oh man, I think it's just the hip hop scene in general. Because yeah. I used to be a b boy before I was a oh, DJ. Oh okay. So I, I ran Damn. with. So I ran with the little crew, and then. Uh, I just wanted to try like all four elements and like DJing was the one that caught on what got my most attention. Yeah. You know, because you're in the club and like everybody's like wondering who the DJ is and uh-huh. everybody's like, you know, when the DJ drops a like a badass track, man, like you remember that the yeah. DJ who dropped that track, you know. Uh-huh. So it's just like watching them, the DJs perform and DJ, whether it's in the club or whether it's uh, at a b-boy jam or whatever, like they're always current, you know, cutting it up and tearing it up. Yeah, yeah. And like I was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to be part of that. That's, That's what I want to do. You know, even as a teenager, I always collected music from uh-huh. the jump. So I'm just like, I'm like I got the music, I just got to play it out now. Yeah. So. So who put you on? Who who uh who who was like a mentor of yours? Ah, uh, there in was the a city? few of them. Um. Well, re- well, who really put me on from the jump was uh, I first started learning from uh, Omega's crew. Okay. From back in the day, like 
I mean, I bought turntables, didn't really know what I was doing. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know. <laughs> That's how it always works. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to just trying to figure it out. And then when I met Omega uh-huh. in, uh, in his crew, and his DJ crew, uh, I started going to their house and their studios and stuff like that, learning mm-hmm. from them. But what really got me started was uh, DJ3. Slice DJ3, Steve. okay. So I met him at the same time. Like, I met him, like, all that, like, 2001. Like 2001, yeah. About 2000, 2001. That's okay. where, like, I started meeting everybody. And then, yeah. Uh, you know, three was already in the club scene. He got, in the, got me in the club scene, too. Uh-huh. And uh, him and his uh, homie, Pat the Mac. So. Oh. Well. Mic stand. Mic stand fell. Yeah. <laughs> it was bound to happen. At least the mic didn't come off, though. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I used to go buy records at uh, LA Underground. Okay. And then uh, and then uh, DJ3 would be there. His homie Pat the Mac okay. was there. Pat the Mac was the MC. Uh, DJ3 was the, the DJ at uh, Bird's Tea, uh, not Bird's Tea Brunch. Uh, what was it before? Uh, Brewster's. Brewster's, wow. Before Library okay. Bar, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So I was buying up all this new, all the new records. I was buying up all the new stuff. And... Uh, uh, Pat the Mac was like, yo, man, what are you doing with all this? Are you DJ or what's going on? I'm like, yeah, man. He's all, man, we can use some of this new stuff in the club. Why don't you come down to the club uh-huh. and spin? I'm like, bro, I'm 17 years old. It's <laughs> like, I can't get in the club. And they're like, no, nah, we got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, they put me in and put me on. And then uh, it was a rough start at first, man, because I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh huh. And then, uh, so, you know, sometimes I'd train wreck or just, like, clear crowd, like, you uh-huh. know, early stuff that you learn right away. And then uh, DJ3 <laughs> was like, DJ3 was like, you know what, I'm going to work with this kid. You know, he's got potential. Uh-huh. And then uh, and then at the same time, I was chilling with Omega and his crew mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and learning studio stuff, learning um, how to DJ on CD players and stuff like that, too. Yeah. That's what's so up. it was cool, man. So I had two, I kind of had, like, two mentors. Okay. But, yeah, if I had vouch for one. You know, three. Yeah, DJ three. three. Yeah, that's what's up. So Brewsters, what what other places were you spinning at? Uh, and Raw. You know, it's Sauce like posture now. Uh huh. and Raw. My and cousin's husband was part owner. Oh yeah. Of and Raw. Yeah. Way back in the day. So it was, it was those two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Sauce and Raw Brewsters. Okay. And were you doing like um like b boy events? Yeah, like even party? even on the side, like I was still doing like b boy shows, okay, b boy jams and stuff like that because a, a lot of that was with uh, with Omega, uh-huh. and, uh huh, in in his crew because they were putting they were doing a lot of uh, early uh, his crew was putting on a lot of the early jams, okay, you know what I mean? Even yeah. teen dances, like that's where we all got started too. Is teen dances? Uh, and stuff okay, like that. yeah, man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what's up, dude, for sure. But um, so like, uh, are you are you from? Albuquerque? Were you born here? Uh, I was actually born in uh, Farmington. Farmington, okay. Yeah, I was born in Farmington. And at three months of age, my parents moved down here for, my dad got work down here. Okay. In Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was pretty much raised here all my life. Where'd you go to elementary school? Um, this place called uh, Oro Deloso. I, was, I grew yeah. up in the Heights. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a Heights boy. And then I went to Del Norte High School. Okay. Uh, what middle school did you go to? Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland Middle School. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I was like, Cleveland? What the fuck is that? But nah, man, that's what's up. And then what year did you graduate? Uh, 2002. 2002. So, you, I mean, you were DJing in high school. I was While I was in high school, yeah. Yeah, while you were in high school. So I had, like, stories to tell, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And I don't know what it was. I don't know how, like, 
you know, my mom was all cool with it, you know, being uh-huh. in the clubs for some reason. But, mm-hmm. you know, I would come home, like, smelling like alcohol. Like, <laughs> oh, no. And the next day, like, I'd be at school, but, like, saying all these stories. Man, I met this 25-year-old girl. Like, Damn. Dancing. <laughs> what about your teachers? Did they know? Teachers? Uh, no, I mean, they knew I was a DJ, but they yeah. didn't know that it was like that. Wow. They thought I was just doing, like... Little teen dances. Which oh, I mean, he's doing the was. party. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm 17 years old. 17. <laughs> in the club. Yeah. Do you have a so, Do you have an ill like story of of like a party or or a club, and then you had to go to school the next day? Nah, I just remember. Uh, let's see. Nah, man, th- those times were just fun in general. Yeah, like, for you sure. You know, for because sure. I would get off of school. Do my homework and everything like that, yeah. and get my sets ready for the for the bar. Okay. Go to the bar, do it up until like, like I couldn't really stay the whole night, but I was there till like at least twelve thirty one. Yeah. And then you know, and then drive back home and uh-huh. get a couple of hours sleep and go to school. Uh huh. <laughs> Straight up party, man. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So I've been doing it that long, and then it's been just inconsistent. It's just hard work and consistency. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So where are you DJing these days? Uh, these days, uh, Q Bar, uh, Salt Yard, Effing Bar. Yeah. Um, I still do radio, ninety-three point three. Damn. Top forty station. I've been yeah. ra- I've been in radio since two thousand six. And you were you were spinning up at um, Kiss FM too, right? At one point. Uh, in two thousand six. Two thousand six. Okay. So I was at uh, Kiss FM, and then was there for five years. Uh, then I went to Power one hundred six seven, mm-hmm. and then after that. Ninety three point three. Yeah, what's it like working up at the radio? Um, I first I was doing it just to get exposure because I was still yeah. young uh-huh. and I was still trying to get out there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was just like, all right, I need to get myself out there more. I need to get more gigs. I need. Yeah. I was like, I ne- I did it just to get my name out there. Mm-hmm. And then people already kind of knew me already because I was still young and they already knew me from the club scene. Yeah. So like they knew that I was an active DJ before. Uh-huh. So they, so that's why they trusted me to put me on as a mixer. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that's then, what's yeah, up. and three, pl- he three was already on the radio, and he got me into the radio too. Ah, okay. So just following his footsteps. Yeah, know? that's cool. Like it's it's crazy. It's not crazy. It's cool how how all you guys kind of you have these bonds, and it's like, oh, uh, well, the thing I work <laughs> with him. Like, the thing that radio. trips me out that I always look back on with three is just like. You gotta remember, I was seventeen years old, and I'm hanging out with the dude that's like twice my age. Yeah, and he's uh-huh. just like. Non-stop practicing, like he would. I would go to his house and practice, like for countless hours. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he would just show me like everything that he learned when he was young, and uh-huh. and how like he was just straight up took the time and patience, and then and, and put all this trust in this kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because I was a kid, I was seventeen years old, and mm-hmm. and you know, and he already had a name for himself. So we were like, even when I wasn't DJing, we yeah. were still like going into the bars and they would let me in like nothing <laughs> just because of, of him you know yeah that's what's up dude yeah it's always cool or yeah it's always cool to have someone you can look up to and and somebody that kind of takes you under the wing and you know showing you it the was ropes perfect. i mean it was perfect it, timing because i uh, met i met him right when they started like right when i bought a pair of turntables yeah you know i was only practicing just for a little bit but i knew i had to get the music so i was always going to la underground because yeah. that was like the only spot that i knew at the time mm-hmm. i was selling records yeah and um, like somebody told me to go over there, and then I would just spend all my money and all my time over there, <laughs> just digging for records and trying to find, listening to new stuff, li- listening to, yeah, you know, just throw a record on, see if it'll work. 
some uh-huh. of this stuff, I already knew what I was going yeah. to find. See, I dabbled. I I always loved writing and I always loved emceeing, but I, I tried graffiti. I tried, you know, the art aspect of it, and I just I wasn't yeah. any good. So breakdancing wasn't going to happen. B-boying wasn't going to happen. I just, I'm not a good dancer. And then so when I was 20, 21, I bought a DJ kit from Guitar Center. You it's remember like, it was like, like an all in one. Yeah, it was like an all in one thing. But I was yeah. living in Germany at the time, so I had the I had the catalog though. So I got the catalog, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna order this like all in one like DJ kit." And the turntables were re- were really good. They weren't belt drive; they were direct drive. Uh-huh. Um, the mixer was pretty basic, but I didn't want anything fancy, you know. Did it in uh in Germany they have the that's where they have the twelve tens, right? Yeah. For the techniques. Yeah, but see, I wasn't even like up on that kind of game. You know yeah. what I mean? I was just like, I'm gonna I mean, order I this. Start, yeah, I started off with like some cheap like Newmark turntables. Yeah, and I think that's what I had. They were Newmark, and um, I I had records because I always bought records. And uh, the homie Kems, Daniel, my buddy Daniel, he had records, so I'd kind of like take, <laughs> you know, borrow some from him. So finally, yeah. the turntables came in, and I tried. Like, dude, I really tried. It just. Maybe I didn't try hard enough, and I think now that I'm older, I'd like to try again. But right. like, just you know, trying to find the right BPM, trying to match yeah, that, different that was records, the thing too, beat juggle. Yeah, before we had a uh, Serato and before we had the computer, we had a BPM everything. Yeah, like with the kitchen timer. So we'll start. Wow. The, we'll, so we get a kitchen timer, and then we'll uh-huh. start the record at the same time, and you count literally you just count every beat until it hits a minute. Damn. So you sit there going one, two, three, four, all the way up until like a minute. You're the first person I've ever heard give that technique. Like you use the kitchen timer. Yeah, you kitchen. <laughs> you start the kitchen timer yeah. and start the record at the same time uh-huh. on the first beat. And you just count every beat up until yeah. a minute. Uh-huh. You know, you could cheat and do 30 seconds. And 30 seconds. And then you, yeah. But yeah. sometimes it's like you'll get a record that's like 105. So it's not like a. Yeah, my homie uh, uh, Kems and then Phono, they're both DJs. I would look at their record collection and then like in like white crayon or like white colored pencil or a white marker, sorry. Uh. They'd have like the BPM like yeah, in yeah. the corner. Or I'd look at the the label on the record and it would be like written in pencil. Or there would be like marks oh, okay, yeah, on yeah. the record. Be like, all right, this is where I need to do this. Yeah, and I'm just no, like, we were Man, taking like labels. Guys. Yeah, we were taking labels and writing the BPMs on it. Uh-huh. And like... Like three, man, that dude's a mastermind because he would do the BPM. He'd even count like the intro of the song. Like if there's uh-huh. like a like a like an intro beat uh-huh. up into where the vocal started. Uh-huh. Like it'll be that precise. Like, you know what I mean? Wow. So taking those notes. And now you got computers that do it all for you. Yeah. Uh, but back in those times, taking the time like every single record, I mean, you got like a few crates right here. Imagine going to every single song, uh-huh. every single track, and then trying to figure out the BPM. Trying to figure out the BPM, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Putting your sets together. It's time consuming, man. And now it's like there are websites or there are, um, yeah, there are websites that you can become a member of, right, as a DJ, and you just get all the songs. Oh, yeah, the record pools. Yeah, record yeah. pools. Yeah. And then I, who was I here talking? Some Somebody at Canvas. They were like, yeah, I just joined. They were like, it's cool. They send me new songs like every week, yeah. and they send me remixes and the acapellas. And I was just like, fuck, dude. Like, like those were dope because I was a uh-huh. part because I had those. But nine times out of ten, you're going to get, like, one good track out of, yeah. you know, you'll get, like, 15 records uh, from Record Pool, and three of them were going to be good. The rest are going to be garbage. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll send okay. you all these promos and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And there'll be a couple of good tracks, and they'll send some promos, and, you know, 
of potential records. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time they're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, but, yeah. um, but that's why like digging, digging for records. I'm like, I've always dug for records. Even yeah. even it. At first, I was digging for to play out. Yeah. You know, it was you know it was for my sets, it's for my gigs, and then you know once you started getting all your music. You started digging for yourself, you know, songs that yeah. just for you, uh-huh. you know, just for you. There's like, because I'm into all types of different music. So. Uh-huh. For sure. We I, we knew some DJs out in Germany, and uh, one of them, real underground, like, loved everything New York, you know, uh, 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 Duck Down, yeah, yeah. KRS, just loved everything underground, fucking East, West, South, had the rarest records, and then he'd have to spin at a club. And he'd have to play like you know, Top pump 40. pump it up, yeah. you know, like fucking oh, okay, uh, you know. He you know, that was like a lot of the DJs though, man. Yeah, because and a lot of the DJs when I was young, um, like seventeen years old, that's how it was. All, all yeah. these guys were like underground heads, but they mm-hmm. had you know need to make money. So yeah, and he he was saying he was like, yeah, man, I'd rather play, I'd rather be in a basement right now, like yeah, yeah. jamming out to some like. Imagine having to spend your own money buying something you really don't want to play. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's like. Spending ten bucks to play, or it was like <laughs> singles back then were like five dollars. Yeah, yeah. So imagine paying five dollars to play Cupid Shuffle. You don't want to play Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. But you can spend five five dollars of your money. You know what I mean? Like you're like, damn. Yeah. I gotta buy this garbage, but you know it's gonna work. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, I I asked uh, three and Omega like uh, you know how they felt about the transition from vinyl to uh, Serato. So how did you feel about that transition? For me, I kn- I know their opinions. Uh-huh. Talking to them, for me, I thought it was dope because yeah. I was in the club scene. I was tired of carrying crates. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and and it was like that. I was doing cri- you know I was doing records, CD players. I was I was using both of them uh-huh. because it, whatever I didn't have on vinyl, I had it on CD. Yeah, so I was doing both in the club, and to have that transition. Um, going to the computer digital, uh-huh. like for me, I was like, it's dope because Serato, you could, you know, you use the control records, so you're still doing the work. Yeah, all your music is just on a laptop now. It's on a laptop, yeah. But think about it, like now I can have access to all the music, to everything that uh-huh. I want to play. Like I don't have to go spend countless hours digging for a record or a yeah, CD definitely. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just download it. I mean, that's the thing that kind of sucks is just like it takes you out of the record store. Yeah. But then again, you could download whatever you want, have everything on hand, uh-huh. and still go dig on your own time. Now, you know what? <laughs> Omega was saying, he was like, yeah, now you have all these cats because they can download the music. Yeah. They want to be DJs, and they get the chance to do it. But also, like I was thinking, uh, as a DJ, you need to have a certain personality, and you need to yeah. have a certain work ethic. I mean, you're still doing the work. Yeah, you're still doing work. Still doing work. And I think a lot of these cats that want to be DJs, you know, you see them, but I don't think they want to put in, like, they the, don't want to the stay up till 2, 3 in the morning. Practicing. They don't want to yeah. practice. They don't want to go mean, out and meet people. They don't, yeah. Exactly. So, mm. like you go and network and all that. You know, you're right. I mean, yeah. and it takes a certain, like, you really got to study everything. You got to yeah. study crowd control. You got to, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. You got to. You know, every song that you play, you got to make sure it's a banger. Yeah. Or if, or if you, <laughs> if you clear, if you clear a crowd, yeah, you got to know how to get bring them back, bring them back. Yeah. yeah. But the transition, man, like, for sure, I thought it was dope because you know my needles, 
you know, record wouldn't skip. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could have any song I want. Uh, BPM, like, that was took a long, long time to do. And now uh-huh. everything's BPM for you. Yeah. But, you know, like, Omega didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I so yeah. his thing like he, he was he was so against Serato man and uh-huh. I and I and I get it is because everything that we learned yeah. growing up all you know we would spend hours and hours going through thrift shops looking for records uh-huh. and all that work beeping the records setting up um you know putting our sets together before we yeah. before we go out you know mm. all that was a lot of work and all of that and everything that we learned everything that we were taught you know because DJs taught us how to yeah. How to BPM records and mm-hmm. where to go look for records and stuff like that. Yeah. And what works, what didn't work. And now all of that got taken away from a computer. From you know a computer, I mean? yeah. So uh, I understand his point of view because when I got it, he was so mad that I got it. <laughs> was he? He didn't even talk to me for a while, man. He was just like, bro, you're going to go yeah. that route? Seriously? Oh, no. Everything we learn. Oh. You're going to let a con- computer control it. Oh. And I'm like, bro, I'm in the clubs, man. Like, Yeah. I'm like, this brings on a whole new set. This is a time saver. Yeah, yeah. this is a time saver. Like, uh-huh. I don't want to spend, I don't want to carry four crates of records to the uh-huh. club. <laughs> but, like, I understand his point of view. It's just like everything for we sure. learn, like, for you know, sure. yeah. digging for records. Now, <laughs> like, we don't go to record stores anymore. We we just sit there on a the computer, yeah. download music. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? I even, I have a picture of Omega and he's chilling on the couch. And he's on his computer. He's about to go DJ at Canvas. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just get, I'm getting my set together. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so I took a picture. He finally of gave in. He finally gave in, man. I took a picture of him. Boop. Yeah, man. He finally gave in. But uh-huh. then again, like, he also, once he got onto it, yeah. he, he loved it too. Because yeah, he did. Because he did. he's like, man, now I could play this song. Uh-huh. That was the thing for me too. I was like, there's songs that I was like, man, they were so hard to find, you know, uh-huh. um, you know, because uh, a lot of records were uh, limited, you mm-hmm. know, pressings and stuff like that. So yeah. they were hard to find, or a certain remix, yeah, they were hard to find. And now you have full access to it, and you sound like a whole different DJ. Yeah. Now that you have, um, you know, the internet now. I knew this cat in Germany, and I'm not gonna say his name, but I knew this cat, and he had a vinyl press. He uh-huh. could press his own vinyl. So his whole thing was he was going to make custom vinyl for DJs with, like, remixes, whatever, so they wouldn't have to, like, dig for the record. They would just have it all on one record or two records. Oh, and they man. Could just, yeah, it's actually so pretty dope. Custom vinyl. So, like, he started this business, and he was going hard for a year. Like, cats were hitting him up from, like, London, yeah. Italy. Like, yo. And he was doing this. He's like, damn, I, fu- I found a good, like, business model. The next year, fucking Serato, dude. <laughs> <laughs> killed everything, man. I killed everything. That's and he was though, just man, like, because like oh. before Serato, there was tons of records in the stores. Like every every music shop, yeah, had a crate, you know, records galore for uh-huh. sale. Now there's barely anything. Yeah, you know what I mean now because yeah. of the downloads now. So for sure. And then yeah, man, you know I get lucky with the records every once in a while in a record store or. I'll go yeah. on eBay. <laughs> oh yeah, now you can. Yeah, now you but, can um, do that. But yeah. as far as going out and digging for records, now digging it's for records. now it's slim yeah. pickings, man. Before uh-huh. everything was out there, everything. Do you know uh, DJ Moon, Shane? Sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know DJ Shane. Mo- that is the luckiest cat because he like every once in a while on Facebook he'll be like, "Look what I found at Goodwill," and it'll be like 
Project Blowed records. I came up at like Savers one time. Did you see? Yeah. Same thing with him. He, Savers. Oh. It was like somebody's collect. You know, somebody that <laughs> just dumped their collection, and I came up on uh-huh. like a, like old school funk stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, damn. I'm like, I'm not telling. I found like <laughs> cut like doubles. I'm like, I'm not telling nobody. Yeah. See, like Shane. Like, how did how did you get this stuff? Like, it'll be like a. MCs act like they don't know. Yeah. KRS and DJ Premier with the cover, with the picture cover. My actual <laughs> biggest, my actual biggest come up is uh, my family and I took a trip to Hawaii for, okay. for a vacation. Wow! And then there was a record store out there. Um, had this one room, and uh, uh, it was a uh, dollar everything. Wow! Like, like every single record was a dollar. Uh-huh. And then the room, uh, the second room, it was for all their pricey stuff. Mm-hmm. But the dollar bins was actually all the newest releases, the stuff that was on the radio. So mm-hmm. I was like, damn, man, I, you know, I found all this new stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I bought up like all these records. I spent like probably like a hundred bucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then uh, he put them in, uh, the guy put them in like a boxes for me and everything like that. You and I was like, back? shoot, I was like, how am I going to get this oh, back? Okay. I was like, I got to ship these back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I took the records to the, the hotel we went to, like, a swap meet. Yeah. And I bought a suitcase at the swap meet. Oh, nice. And I put all the records in the suitcase. Okay. And shipped it like that. Oh, that's what's but up. But that was, like, my biggest come up is, like, this store had dollar bins, and you f- I found everything that was on the radio. Like yeah. It was, like, a big come up. And then the, the next room, like I said, it was more pricier, but they had, like, the rarest hip-hop records. They had, uh-huh. like, uh, you know, like, funk breaks and stuff like that. Damn. Like, rare, rare, rare stuff. And that's I'm like, crazy. I got to get it now. Yeah. Like, for sure. You know, and they had everything, <laughs> everything. You could tell, like, nobody was digging, like, mm-hmm. over there in, in Hawaii. Like, yeah. Like, this store, this, this store had everything. And I'm like, <sighs> next time I come back. They're just waiting for somebody like you. Yeah. To just like, just yes. to buy up everything. Yeah. <laughs> we got one. Yeah, I was, in, uh, I was in Amsterdam one time, and we went to Fat Beats. And they had they the had best record. In, they in had Amsterdam? a Fat Beats in Amsterdam. I didn't know that, man. And I thought they it was actually, if I re- remember correctly... They had a room, and you had to use a ladder to get up to it. That's how narrow it was. You had oh, to yeah. like, climb this ladder. But they had the best records. They had one record. It was uh, Video Game Breaks. I have that record. Do you? Yeah. Oh. So at the time, it was like 40, 50 Deutschmarks. Or, uh, sorry, Euros. Euros. In the, in the store. And I was like, man, that's expensive. And then they had all these other records that I wanted to get. And I'm just like, ah, I'm, I'm going to wait. And then Fat Beat shut down. They closed uh-huh. the stores, so I, I like looking back at it. I thought, man, I should have just, I should have just bought all the records I wanted, you know. I know, man. But back at that time, you you think that it'd still either be there, like yeah. you, you wouldn't think like, all right, I'm just gonna pass it up on it now. It'll be there tomorrow, yeah, you know. For sure. Now you gotta do that. You gotta buy it. <sighs> yep. Yeah, you gotta you, you gotta take that opportunity right then and there. But um, another DJ that that I want to get in here is, is, is Clout. And it's funny because DJs are probably the most open, like to talk on yeah, the yeah. podcast. So I want to get Cloud in here. But uh, when when did you meet? When did you and Cloud meet? Um, probably two thousand four. Two thousand four. I, I met him at a Bird's Tea Lounge. Bird's. Yeah, I met him nice. at LA Underground first, but I just said, just you know, introduced myself, and that was it. Uh huh. But when me and three went to uh, uh, on a Bird's Wednesday, I think like nice. him, him and Shakedown were DJing. Okay. And then uh, when he was off the turntables, I finally got to talk to him. 
And then yeah. me and me and Cloud just like clicked right away. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you, like, crack you your joke. We like uh, crack jokes and drink beer. Uh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you can tell music. that you guys talk have about been. Music. Uh, yeah. You could tell that you guys have been friends for a really long time. Same thing with Omega. Like when I first yeah. met him, when I first met him in uh in 2000, like we clicked right away too. Yeah. So That's I mean, cool. DJs click together, man. Like. Yeah. You don't really see too many beefs between <laughs> DJs. Like, we just talk about music and just uh-huh. kick back. That's what's up, dude. I'm pretty sure that's how it is with MCs, too. So like yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I think everybody, I mean, there's a few like, nah, I don't like that guy. I mean, there's some, yeah, no, there's cockiness <laughs> in everybody. There's cockiness in everybody. Uh-huh. But you got to put that, you know, when you're a homie, you're, ho- you're a homie. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, man. But, um, so you met, oh, when, you met Omega around, you said, 2000? So it was like about, it was like 2000, yeah. So I met him uh, at a talent show, high school talent show. Okay. So uh, his crew were performing at the talent show. My crew was performing at the talent show. We had, uh, so like, I was like the DJ, and my buddies were break dancers. Okay. And so, you know, like, and I only had like three records at the time. Uh. And they were all <laughs> battle records. <laughs> yeah. So one side it was probably like the beat to scratch to. Yeah. But they, and they would break to it. Okay. And then and I would just kind of like, jibber, 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 you know, <laughs> in front of all these kids. Yeah, word up. And then uh, Omega was bugging out. He was just like, oh, man, you got turntables? Because, I, you know, I was like 16, 17 years old uh-huh. with, a set, with a set of turntables. Like, not mm-hmm. a lot of kids that age had Not a lot had of kids had them, yeah. But I had yeah. a job since I was 14, so I would stack up money. Uh-huh. And then I was like, yeah. And, and I had a car, too, at the same time. I had a yeah. turntables in a car, like. So they were bugging out, like, oh, like when I set up my turntables, uh, Omega and his crew were like, oh, damn, man, you got turntables? That's sick. Like, you're a DJ? What nice. are you DJ at? Uh-huh. And then, uh, so after our performances, we just kicked back uh-huh. and then talked about music, talked about what we're doing, like what I was doing, what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some time passed, and uh, my crew fell apart. My yeah. Crew, my crew broke up. And so I went to, like, a teen dance. And I saw Omega and his crew there. And they're like, mm. oh, man, where's your boys at? And I was like, oh, man, we all broke up. Yeah. <laughs> we broke up. <laughs> we all broke up, man. <laughs> and he's like, well, why don't you just kick it with me and my crew? And I'm like, uh-huh. all right, cool. And I started kicking nice. it with them ever since. Nice. And uh, kicking it with him and his crew, it was uh, was different from what I'm used to because I grew up in the Heights. Mm-hmm. So, like, everybody – so him and his crew, you know, they all lived downtown Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I had to go to the hood <laughs> and practice and learn from them, you know? Uh-huh. And so it's like, that was a whole, like, kind of like a culture shock to me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, when you go in to their studios and you got to be there and you got to, you know, kind of like live how they how they live in. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, eat the food that they were making and stuff uh-huh. like that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> man, Omega, like, knew all the spots back then, too. Uh-huh. For to eat and stuff like oh, that. Oh, dude, yeah. Even back then, <laughs> he sure. did like all the mom and pop spots and uh-huh. all that stuff like too. But it was dope, man. Just going to uh, like, you know, you just go, you know, go in the hood and this guy is like, these guys would have like full blown studios and uh-huh. like in a house, like a two bedroom house, like this, yeah. like big, like one room, like straight studio. Uh huh. And like we'd be there for hours, learning, learning. Like if we weren't learning on CD players, like he mentioned before, like you had to graduate to the turntables. Yeah. Because uh-huh. you know the 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 dad that had the turntables was worried about the, 
you know, us the breaking the needles. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to learn on uh, CD players first, which was uh-huh. cool because like we're still learning to mix, and uh-huh. we could be on every different mm-hmm. type of equipment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that that actually benefited me in the long run because some of these clubs they didn't have turntables; they had CD players. So I'm like, oh, cool! I learned off of CD players. Yeah. So like, it wasn't gonna stop me from DJing. You know? That's cool. So yeah, man, being with them and like, bunch like bunch of at least ten teenagers in house, uh-huh. just learning the de- <laughs> learning the DJ. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, that's cool. And if we weren't learning uh, how to mix or anything, man, we were organizing records. We would BPM records. We would go waiting yeah. for records. Uh-huh. Organizing the CDs. So. Hip hop twenty four seven. Yeah. Damn, I miss those days, man. I I still feel like like I live like that. Yeah. But you know we got and jobs and shit. Yeah, and then we. <laughs> I know, man. Then we all grow up and have kids. Yeah. And, yeah. But but even with three, man, like I'm like, dude, we countless hours practicing. We yeah. stay up till three in the morning, like. Uh huh. We would DJ, but we would practice before the the gig, DJ at the gig, DJ after the gig. Uh huh. You know what I mean. Yeah. And just, you know, spending, like, the whole weekend at his house, just, like, soaking everything in from, yeah. from a, a local legend, you know? Uh-huh. And then Omega, uh, the guy that ran the studio, that um, Omega's crew, uh, the man that the ran the studio, he was also a legend, too, like, in yeah. Albuquerque. He, he's an OG. Okay. And, and what was the name again? Uh, uh, Larry, Somerville, uh, Larry Somerville, yeah. Yeah, Larry Big Somerville. Larry. Yeah. So if you guys know Big Larry and Little Larry, uh-huh. you know, those guys... Yeah, I, I, Omega used to talk about them all the time. Yeah, man, yeah. we we'd go to their house and learn everything to soak everything up, man. Because uh-huh. he was an old, it was cool, man. Because Big Larry, he's a OG, he's an old school uh, producer and DJ, and he passed the torch on to you know his son. Uh huh. And you know, and all and all of us were his uh, son's friends. Uh huh. And so you kind of like pass the torch and we soak it up, man. We yeah. were there all the time learning everything. So it was up. dope, man. So it was cool to have a guy taking all these kids and teaching them how to DJ and uh-huh. keeping us off the streets and uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean. Even though we still we still got in trouble. Oh but yeah, for sure. But imagine the but trouble that cool, we. But it was a cool outlet, though, man. Uh-huh. Because you know what I mean. Imagine the trouble we would have gotten into if we didn't have those mentors. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. I would have. I for sure would have gotten into a lot more trouble, man. But um, so you guys like as a collective, you were learning to DJ, and then the the well, I don't know. The fortunate and the unfortunate part of it is eventually you have to learn the business of things. So how long so did it take for you to learn like the ins and outs of okay, I'm gonna book a gig, I'm gonna negotiate my price. Like what what kind of effort goes into well, that? Well, before like a lot of the times we were DJing for free, dude. Yeah. Yeah, because we were kids. We like we didn't care. Like yeah, and for me, I didn't care because I was seventeen years old in the twenty one and over. Bar. Yeah, so the same thing with them seeing it was like, yo, do you want to do the show? Yeah, okay. Do you want to open for so and so? Yeah, and you know we never asked. You know we want a hundred, we want two hundred bucks. Yeah, back you then know, we back just did it. Yeah, back then we just wanted to get put on. Yeah, exactly. You know but we yeah. wanted that. We wanted that exposure. You're like uh-huh. you know exactly and, like, like how you're saying too. Uh-huh. But um. As far as I remember, like we were DJing so much, and we were doing, like, we were still doing like graduation parties and uh-huh. and weddings and stuff like that. But eventually, we would have to, I would have to do a gig on my own. Yeah. And then, like, and I was doing them for like dirt cheap. I was just like, all right, I need a new turntable. It's gonna cost me three hundred bucks or whatever. Uh-huh. At the, at the time, you know, and yeah. I was like, 
all right, 300 bucks. So yeah. Enough to pay for the turntable. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you start talking to people, and you're like, well, how much do you charge, man? Like, you, know? <laughs> you get paid? No. I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm charging dirt cheap. I need to step it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when you when you negotiate with whoever, the club owner, the manager, whoever it is, do you, I mean, they have stuff there for you. You don't have to bring your uh, own it's equipment. It's 50-50. Some 50/50. videos have okay. it there. Some, oh, I'm used... I like to bring my own stuff anyways. Okay, okay. For one, I'm comfortable on my own, on my own decks. Oh, definitely, yeah. And then yeah. if anything were to happen, you know, I'm paying for the damages, like, for mm-hmm. my stuff. Yeah. I don't have to give them money for their stuff. Yeah. You know? See, I kind of feel like if you were using their stuff and it breaks, be like, well, that's on you guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know. I just try to avoid any type of drama. For sure, you know? for sure, yeah. yeah. But um, that's cool. So, um. During all this time when you're, uh, uh, you know, coming up as a collective DJing and, and y'all are working hard and, like you said, it's three or four in the morning, like, where are you guys going to eat? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> all right. When I was with three, we'd go to hit up any, like, at that time in the morning, we'd just go to any gas station. Yeah. We're just hitting up gas stations. Uh, I remember, like, going to... Larry's house, they always had like like stir fry, instant mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know what That's I mean? That's what's up, yeah, man. Like for he sure. bought like this dude bought for the bulk because he had to feed all these kids uh-huh. that were learning, you know. <laughs> That's funny. And so it was like instant mashed potatoes, stir fry, like uh-huh. <laughs> were were y'all going anywhere though? Like, did you have a favorite spot like here in the city to to be like, yo, let's go, let's go there? We really did. I mean, we were just kind of just, yeah. we were going to all subs. We were walking to all, all subs, subs and yeah. stuff like that. Like, we'd go to all subs. I mean, we really didn't have a lot of money at that time, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, like I, all just subs. Remember, like, I just remember, like, me and Omega would always go to, like, Ho-Ho's. When Ho-Ho's <laughs> so when Ho-Ho's opened up, when Ho-Ho's opened up, Omega uh-huh. was like, dude, you get this big-ass plate for, like, five bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we would go get, like, two, three plates and bring them back to the studio. yeah. That's what's. Yeah, I can hear him. You know what I mean? So, hey, hey no, man, you gotta <laughs> it's try only this. five bucks. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta try, try this. You gotta try this. And I'm like, man, are you gonna get another plate? Yeah, for tonight. Like, yeah, for tonight. Yeah, <laughs> just put it in the fridge. <laughs> it's always like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember. Like he would call you up and be like, uh, "I'm having a get together tonight in the next hour, and I'll see you there." And it's like, well, click. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you, yeah. come over. You know, I'm, we're gonna eat. Or like uh, one time he was like, "Hey John, um, I bought the ingredients to make some Korean dish, dude. Yeah, I don't even know. I'll yeah. be over in a minute to cook it." And I'm like, "Well, click," and like <laughs> he'd be at the door, like, "I got everything," and he'd he'd fucking yeah. cook it. So yeah, yeah I'd that be was like, awesome. I'd be like, "Hey man, let's go to a McDonald's." And he's like, "Man, we, I, we have everything here that we need." Like yeah. he didn't like to go eat out. And yeah, stuff like that. I got McDonald's here. <laughs> yeah, he always cooking up all these little like. He always cooked up all these little like small meals, but they always had like spam yeah. in them for some reason. Yeah, and like, you you actually gave a really beautiful eulogy, man. And you talked about you know how uh, you know I'm always working, and so I brought home KFC one day. Yeah, yeah. He was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you know. No, nah, he was always looking out for me, man. Yeah, for like, sure. He's like, "All right, you got a family, so you got to like save all the money you can for your family." Like uh-huh. he didn't like us eating out because it costs money. Yeah. When we could just be, but like me, I'm like I'm tired after work. Uh-huh. I don't want to cook, but he would show me like these like uh, 
big meals that you could cook under like five minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then that was pretty cool, man. And then <laughs> you were like, most of them had spam. In yes, <laughs> most of them had spam or bologna. But like. we were talking one day, and and he was like, John, do you like spam? I said, Nah, I, you know, you know what, dude, I've never even really tried it to be honest. He's like, Bro, and um, one time they had a get together at the house, and and he made eggs, eggs and spam, eggs and potatoes, <laughs> and potatoes, and potatoes, yeah. And he was like, John, like, try it. What like, was that morning? Remember that one morning we went to his house? Yeah. And um, they, I think he was cooking that and, like, some sausages or something. What were we doing? I forget. I think we were just there. Yeah, I think we were just hanging out, and he was like, come on over. Yeah. And he made, yeah, yeah. Then we went and got, like, chorizo. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool. But, like, he always, like, uh, but he always, like, uh, saved money, though. Like, I remember uh-huh. I went shopping with, with, I took him shopping one time because I, like, I was the only one with the car. And I remember we bought socks at one place, <laughs> yeah. underwear at another place. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, why don't you all get it at, at, uh, at Walmart, you know? Yeah. It has everything there for you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We took him, I took him to like 10 different spots, but it was like, the price was like cut in half. Yeah. That, the, with the, what you would spend at Walmart, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? That's so Again, funny. T-shirts at Mr. C's. Uh-huh. Like, socks at the flea market. Yeah. <laughs> we went to the flea market one time. And I remember in your eulogy, you said uh, he, you know, he knew everybody. You know, you'd go to the restaurant. Hey, like, John! You, yeah, you know, man, this guy's like, <laughs> like, like the most random sp- like spots. Yeah. So I remember like, yeah, we went to, uh, it was like a Smith's on a, a Sleda, I think. Uh-huh. Like somewhere down there by the Sleda area. Like there's Smith's over there. Uh-huh. And I mean, I walked in and then like he knew like three employees that were like, hey, John, what's up, man? Yeah. And I was like, dang. And then we'll go like, and then we'd go to like this Asian restaurant, and like the waitress already knew what he wanted yeah. to eat. Yeah, like, for sure. And then they like, they like loved him over there. Like, <laughs> like he spent like his whole life over yeah. there. You know, John. Yeah. yeah. We uh, but at the flea market, we at went there and we would walk by vendors. Same thing, dude. Like, John, do you want this today? Ah, oh, oh, yeah. no, I'm good. Oh, yeah, I got, th- I got, hey, I, I I'm got good these. for the next couple of months. Like, I'll be back though. You know, like, oh, John, do you do you want? And he's like, oh, I'm looking for a hat, you know, because uh, he he was working for APS. He was like, I need a hat, you know, for when I'm out in the sun. And he yeah. bought one of those big, like big brimmed hats. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he or he just pick up like a random fan. Like it would be something yeah. so random, but it would be useful though. Like, uh-huh. definitely, yeah. Or go pick up like a, I think he like found like a like a heater for his house. Like, yeah, dude. We'd have to carry that. And we. Like at the flea market, he'd see something and he'd be like, "John, this would be great for your apartment." You oh, know what yeah, I mean? For when like this happens, like you should get this right now. This is a deal, dude. All you gotta do <laughs> is clean it up, wipe yeah. it down, put uh-huh. some, <laughs> yeah, polish it up. <laughs> yeah, you want to open it up and connect the wires, like, dude, I don't want to spend the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, man, we had some great times. Like uh, I said, uh, uh. When we're younger and DJing, man, the, all these parties that we did, it was like a whole different scene than how it is now. Yeah. Way different scene. Mm. Like, the B-Boy scene was way, like, raw and rugged uh-huh. than how it is. And even the, the, like, the teen dances were, like, actual, like, nightclubs. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we don't have that here now. Like, we don't have nothing for the for the youth and for the teens. Like, yeah. very, very little. I mean, we had dance, dance, dance and stuff like that, like, yeah. for us. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, or they had dances at the roller skate. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's like we don't we don't have that now. I man. think the social like? aspect, the of of young people coming together, 
is limited because it just the 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 social aspect has changed. A lot of it's like internet, yeah. you know. A lot of it's right. Everybody has a phone because now. even then, yeah. Because like a lot of the teenagers now didn't last because of like the fighting and stuff like that. Yeah. But we threw teen dances where there was, you know, kids from different neighborhoods and from different gangs. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they still got, and you know, they still came in this place and still acted right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Even though there was cats from, like, rival gangs and stuff like yeah. that, they still, like, had a good time mm-hmm. and whatever. And after the club, they said whatever. Yeah, for ladies. sure. But, but I mean, to like I was like I rem- I remember going to these these teen dances. I'm like, oh shit, some shit's gonna go down. This guy is from this neighborhood. This mm. guy's from this neighborhood. Yeah, I've seen him beef before, uh-huh. and they were actually like cool that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, That's what's up. and it's not like now. Like now, these kids get into fights for like stupidest reasons. The dumbest reasons. <laughs> Damn kids. <laughs> Jeez, man. But yeah, man. Back back in the day, dude. Like. Imagine like seventeen year old kids just DJing the clubs. That's that was that yeah. was our life. We were uh-huh. eat, breathe, sleep, DJing music. Mm-hmm. Then we got older, started having kids, and stopped yeah. stop talking to each other. Uh huh. Yeah. And it's cool, man, because sometimes I'll go to a store and I run into somebody from like back in the day, and like, oh man, he's still DJing. I remember yeah. back in the day when he used to do this party and this party. Uh huh. You know? And well, you know, it's cool because I mean, you know, you have. You you have kids and yeah. but you still DJ, yeah man. You still have that. I art didn't want to like when I got when when I had my son. My son's the oldest. I was like, I don't want to give up music. I don't want to give up DJing. Uh huh. Yeah. I was like, but you know what? I make good money because I like I I was in my prime when I had my son. Uh-huh. I was like I just started radio, mm-hmm. and uh, like I was doing really good for myself. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to give it up. I got this far. Uh-huh. I don't. Want, I didn't want to give it up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm gonna make some money. You know, off of DJing to feed my son now. Yeah. And so now I have my day job, and then I still yeah. manage to DJ and make mm-hmm. money for my family. And that's dope. You know what I mean? I, uh, I don't, I don't have a family. I don't have any children. But you know, I still, I still make beats. I still, yeah. you know, cats come over here to record. Um, I still make music. I still, you know, make projects. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who have, um, you know, they're, they have families now and they have jobs and they once did music, but they don't do it anymore. I know, man. I've seen some, I've seen some guys like uh, were so talented and, yeah. they, and they had to give it up. Yeah. You know? Which is fine. But like they hit me up every once in a while and they're like, how do you do it? Dude? Yeah. Me, I'm and like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, like, I'm like, <laughs> where, I'm like where are those records you used to DJ with, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, it was never easy for me too growing up because like you got to think there was so many DJs at the time. Yeah, I, I really uh. truly had to like prove myself. I had to enter battles. Yeah, and then yeah, I would, I'd win some, yeah. I'd lose some. Mm-hmm. But still, like pe- you know, a lot of people respected me because like I would enter these battles, you know, Burt's mm-hmm. DJ battles anywhere, like Sunshine DJ battles, and I didn't care what my DJ skill was. I just I stepped up and showed showed improving. Yeah. I surprised myself once in a while because I'd win some, you know, yeah. take first place and then mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh damn, I did better than I thought I was gonna do. I thought I was yeah. gonna bomb. Yeah. But I would enter every single one and people were like, Yeah, this this cat's got skills. Because I used to get yeah. hated on for even being on the radio, but I'm like, I'd go and take people out in, in a battle <laughs> and then go do the radio. Yeah. Just to be like I could be a DJ and be on the yeah. radio too. I'm an all around individual like I'm an yeah. all around DJ. I yeah, man, do. because like uh. for for those who really know me like Knew that I DJed b-boy events, 
then got yeah. into radio later, uh, uh-huh. d- DJing the underground hip hop shows with you know Clout and uh-huh. Shakedown and being on being on their uh, being on their nights and stuff like that. That's what's up. And I'm like, don't let the radio fool you. I and mean, it was just an outlet for me uh-huh. to get uh, to promote myself. You know? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, you know, I came up, you know, doing the MC battles and you know, battling on the street or in high school, and a lot of people would tell me like, oh, John, like. Becoming a rapper, like, you have a slim chance of, like, blowing up. But I'm like, it's not about blowing up. It's about, like, yeah. I love doing this. My, I have uh, a great time doing this. So. Yeah. Um, my dad was just like, you need to get a real job. You can't be a yeah. DJ. Like, and then um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it as a DJ. Uh-huh. And so that's what, you know, drove me to work harder. That's, yeah. And, de- you know, mm-hmm. eat, breathe, sleep, DJing. Uh-huh. And you know what Word I mean, up. and then I'm, and then I proved myself, and now uh-huh. he's just like, yeah, that's my son. He's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now he's calling me up to to DJ his friends' parties and stuff like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, my first couple of videos, um, I don't think my parents didn't see them right away, and I didn't show them. But um, I had other family members <coughs> be like, hey, you know, they'd call up my parents, yeah. like, hey, Tita, hey, Tom, did you see John's new video? And they're like, what? And they watched it. They, John, oh my God! Like I saw the new video. You know, it looks yeah. great. And and you know, we we'd go out. Oh, John, did you see John's video? Like it's yeah. really good. You know, the song's <laughs> really good. <laughs> I remember I came home one time from the club. My mom was pissed. She's uh, you're in trouble. And I'm like, what? What did I do? <laughs> my friend Lucy said that you were drinking in the bar <gasps> when you were DJing. Ooh. You're not supposed to be drinking. <laughs> you're not <supposed> seventeen <laughs> years old. <laughs> <laughs> Did your mom send spies? Like, yeah, she suspended. <laughs> Her friends would be there. Yeah. Like, oh, that's funny. Those are good times, man. I bet, dude. Just like, oh, my friend saw you DJing yeah. at the club. <laughs> oh, brutal. Right, yeah, like, my mom and dad's friends at the club spying yeah. on me. Yeah, that's great, dude. <laughs> I think when they got Brewsters, my mom, like, my mom and my dad knew the owners, so I think they were. Re- that's why they were really pretty cool, like, with me DJing there too. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, that's right. cool, you know. Uh huh. So I mean, I, it's like you were there, but you had a safety net. I had a safety net. I mean, yeah. people were looking out for you. So uh, a funny story too is, man, is right before, like three months before, um, I turned twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um, they told me I couldn't DJ at the club no more. Like the the way that it was working with me uh-huh. like, as you know the paperwork didn't work out anymore. Yeah. And so they had to let go of me, and I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, man, what am <laughs> I going to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man. I don't turn 21 for another three months, uh-huh. you know? And so I took, and so I couldn't get into that, into the bar no more, like, oh. nothing. Like, they were like, yeah, it's not working out, man. Like, we can't cover you anymore. Like, mm-hmm. everything changed. So I remember waiting those three months, like, trying yeah. to find a spot to DJ. And, uh-huh. and I was still doing Sauce and Raw at times, but... You know, even management changed back then. DJs were in, in rotation uh-huh. now, and like, so it's hard to get a consistent spot. Yeah, too. definitely. Dang. So but I held it. But but <laughs> when I get a gig, I'll hold it down though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so what'd you do those three months? You just just grinding. Yeah. Just grinding. <laughs> Dang, man, that's rough. So um, this being the red and green report, uh, actually, soy got away without answering this question so soy i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get you back but um you know here in here in new mexico we have the you know red and green chili do you have a preference 
of Damn. what kind of chili you like. It really depends. Everybody says that. It so really depends. Yeah, it, it depends on the meal. It depends <laughs> on the meal. No, nah, definitely. I agree. I agree. Um, if, I did, if I did, like, I don't know, man. That's a damn. That's a good question. Because I like I like red chili on certain things, like my potatoes. But then again, uh-huh. I like green chili. Yeah. On like my eggs and burritos uh-huh. and stuff like that. See, I like depends on the meal, though. Yeah, it does. So like, I think chicken like just goes better with green. Yeah. And yeah. I think beef, red meat, just goes better with yeah, red. Yeah, I think and so then, too. And um, then sometimes I like going Christmas, sometimes not. I've been ridiculed for going Christmas on my uh, breakfast burritos. <laughs> and like people are like, yo, it should be red. And you should just have red chili on there. I have a good friend, Kelly. St- <laughs> and she's like, dude, why do you get Christmas on your burritos? It you should get, be red. You ever get looked at? Like, uh, I remember one time going to the restaurant. And they're like, uh, red, green, or Christmas? And I'll be like, Christmas. Oh, you're from Santa Fe, huh? <laughs> Like no, man. I'm born yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just be like, "Fuck Wait, you, dog." Uh, I like, <laughs> I like both chili on my shit. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I want to eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sometimes though, man, like you just get into that red chili mood, or you yeah. get into that that green chili mood, and and boom. I don't think, yeah, there are certain dishes like I love green chili stew, but I also love pozole. You know what I mean? And, oh, I love pozole. Uh huh. I yeah. eat menudo too. I kill menudo. Bro, I can't do it. Dude. You can't. I can't do it. A lot of people don't, man. Actually, Omega used to make fun of me. He's like, what do you mean you can't, what do you mean you don't eat menudo, dog? And Like, I just, I can't do it. Yeah. I just, yeah. I wish I could, actually, because it smells delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, I've tried it several times, and I just, I can't go for it. I can't go for it, man. Pasole, though, yes. Like, I'll eat all the pasole every day. But do you, do you have a favorite spot here in town that you like to go to? Um, for, for both. For uh, New Mexican food, just in general. Oh, man. There's so many, though. Yeah, there are. <laughs> so, I mean, because I like to go... Like, Modelo's are, like, one of them, of Yeah, course. man. But then again, I like to go get Manuda, like, at Filiberto's. Okay. You know what? Okay, I, because like, they have big-ass bowls of it. That's yeah, why. they do. Because I'll even go to Garcia's. Garcia's is really good. But I go uh-huh. to, uh, then I'll go to Filiberto's, and then, like, they'll serve you a big old bowl. You know, what time uh, uh, Omega's making fun? He's like, <laughs> we go, went to Filiberto's, uh-huh. and we get this big old bowl of menudo, right? Uh-huh. But it was like, he's like, bro, check out your bowl. And it was a ramen bowl. Oh, and were, it was like, it had like, you know, shit. like the Chinese characters uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and they were serving menudo <laughs> in that. That's funny, yeah. dude. So as far as music, did you always, were you always into like East Coast? Me? Yeah. Um, I, I know like a lot of the music is based on like East Coast. Yeah, so I started. My brother bought home, brought home, a, a Naughty by Nature, not nineteen ninety three, with Hip Hop Hooray on it, and Black Sunday. Dope. He brought those albums home one day. So I had Naughty by Nature, and then I had the Cypress Hill album, and I thought Cypress Hill was from New York because at the time I was like, everybody's from New York that yeah. does music. What was you some know. of the early artists you were listening to? Um, so Cypress, Naughty by. Outcast, Nas. Remember that group, Illegal? Illegal? There were two kids, Malik and Jamal. Um. They had a group called Illegal. And I think Malik, uh, he was on Warren G's album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, And then Jamal had that, who the fuck want to see Jamal? I fade Jamal. Yeah. Yeah, because remember, uh, 
on Warren G, yeah, he would uh, have a Malik feature on a few tracks. Yeah, he had, a, he had Malik on a few tracks. But Malik and Jamal had a crew called Illegal. Oh, okay. And they had an album, and it was all red, the cover, and yeah. then it just said Illegal on it. And that, that was dope. Um, let me think. Outcast, Goody Mob. Um, I like Goody Mob, man. Uh, Funk Dubious. Like, Funk Soul Assassin, yeah. straight up. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, House of Pain, Funk Dubious, Cypress Hill. Um, Alchemist. Did you like, get into like uh, who's associated with them too? Like Psycho Realm and all that. Psycho Realm, yeah, dude. So my brother is probably the biggest Cypress Hill fan that I know. And uh, when um, Psycho Realm was coming out, he was like, "Dude, Be Real's in this new group. It's called Psycho Realm. And yeah, we got to get the music." So my brother bought the CD and the and the tape. And um, we would kind of trade off because we had a cassette player and a CD yeah. player, one of those Disman. So yeah, yeah, like, oh, you get the tape and I get the CD, and oh, now I get the tape and you, yeah, we would just go back and forth trading. But, um, yeah, Cycle Realm was dope. Man, who else? Wu Tang, of course. Yeah. I mean, Enter the 36 Chambers was kind of like, like my first, whoa. Yeah, like my first, <laughs> like one, one of my first, like, cassette tapes or even CDs was like, um, like Bone Thugs and Harmony. But uh-huh. I, I'm more West Coast influence. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, like I love like G Funk and uh huh, like yeah. I mean, straight I, gangster shit. Yeah, we <laughs> we were. I mean, we had all the Death Row albums too. I thought Above the Rim was an amazing soundtrack. I got into let's see when I was getting into East Coast stuff, or even just like deep, not necessarily East Coast, but just straight like underground shit. Yeah, it was more of like Grouch, Two Max. Okay, uh, uh-huh. like the Rhyme Series, like all them. Uh huh, for sure. Actually, you know, L.A. Underground, you know, opened me up to to a bunch of music that I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" Like Atmosphere. Like I would have never bought an Atmosphere album. I'm not. And I'm then, not an Atmosphere fan. No. I know a lot of people hate on me for that. But <laughs> well, like, he's not for everybody. Yeah. And, and I get that. And I love a lot of people, but, but Atmosphere. I think I just got played out on Atmosphere. Like, yeah. Because you know, like so many people are all on on Atmosphere. Like every girlfriend that i dated like yeah li- you know bumped atmosphere. <laughs> oh my god atmosphere yeah i yeah. know what you mean dude I, we had to go to all the concerts <laughs> and all the shit and it's like damn like man I'm i tired fucking of this hate guy. atmosphere I'm tired of this guy already <laughs> that's funny man but yeah um la underground put me onto a lot uh like one below uh because oh, like yeah, yeah can put me onto one below like binary star binary that, star yeah. um let's see dude but you know what man i i miss all the mixtapes all the DJ mixtapes. Remember, tapes. like, a, when L.A. Underground used to sell yeah. all those mixtapes? Uh-huh. All the I Tony I Touch. S- yeah, Tony Touch, mm. ju- uh, DJ Juicy. Yeah. All the Rectangle rec- uh, yeah, mixtapes. Yeah, DJ Rectangle, bro. Fuck. I, I had all those tapes, and I don't know where they are. I think my mom just threw them away. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mom, where are my tapes? She's like, oh, John, you have them. Yeah. No, I don't. I would know if I did. Yeah. but And then I go on eBay to look them up. And they're so expensive, dude. right? They're like thirty bucks, and I had them. I bought them for like ten or five at the time, and now they're. I think they were like ten. Yeah, too yeah, expensive. yeah. That's what's up, man. But um, now you have to stream all these mixtapes. Yeah, dude, and and people tell me that, and I'm like, no, I don't want to stream them. I want to put them in a tape player. That's and the I thing wanna... that was cool because you could take it anywhere with you. Like, yeah, I mean, streaming. I mean, of course, you could listen to it on your phone and uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah, but isn't it nice to like bump it in your car? Oh, like, dude, just like yeah. that old school feeling, just throwing in the tape. Yeah, throwing the tape, click, yeah. rewind it. Yeah, just let it play, dude. And you know, I I like having my 
Same thing. Copies. Just, something. Uh, something like even VHSs. I still like to play oh, yeah. VHS. <laughs> Those Damn, VHS sometimes. You know what's funny? DVDs are the new VHS, bro. That's sad. I heard kids in the store the other day at Smith's. They're like, Mom, what are those? She's like, oh, those are DVDs. Oh, can we get some? Nah, we don't need them anymore. It's just like, <laughs> whoa. Because I remember when DVDs came out. Yeah. And that's we were like, VHS is over. <laughs> and now DVDs are over. But there's some classics on VHSs, man. Yeah, there are. I have some that you can't find anywhere. Like, Yeah. Even like the old hip-hop. Like, I, I have like old DJ, like battles and stuff like that b-boy battles that are on vhs really yeah i used to have those too like i had battle of the year i had a few battle of Dude, the those years. battle of the years are super Ooh, rare and expensive bro. Right um i need to go on dude i'm just i'm about to waste some money today <laughs> <laughs> like but go on ebay like, look, which, look what i just started here yeah yeah i know it's like everybody come over we're gonna watch battle of the year 2001 <laughs> <laughs> Those are badass. Yeah, they are, dude. I, you know, I had a good buddy, um, Andrew, who had a bunch of those tapes, like graffiti tapes, yeah, b boy tapes, whatever. And there was one um, where these kids in New York just went all over the city. They uh-huh. had like paint and like a fire extinguisher. Oh, it just went and they all were city, just like yeah. boom all over the place, dude. Yeah, it's like damn, paint and the fire extinguisher. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but um, as a DJ now, man, um. And I'm I'm sure you see the young kids coming up. What advice would you give to these young DJs who are who are coming up and they want to do what you and and a few other people in the city have done? Um, just be smart, man. Yeah. Uh, business wise, learn the business side. Uh huh. Learn the business side so you don't get screwed over in cash. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make some money, and always put the love of music first. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of hold back on the ego. Yeah. Like, you know, th- there's a lot of kids now, you know, just went, bought a laptop, bought a DJ controller mm-hmm. and did a party and think they're just doing something. Yeah. And think that they're they're on top of the world. Just, uh-huh. make, you know, and then they get on social media and they're like, oh, <laughs> man, I'm the best. I'm the yeah. best. Like, you know, uh-huh. it's like, no, put that back. You know, like you got to put in some work mm-hmm. because it's one thing to go out and DJ and, and get all the love and all the support, uh-huh. but try DJing under pressure, man. Yeah. Like, dude, we, we used wow, to we used to cr- yeah. we used to crumble. Like, you know, I started. You know, we started off on vinyl. Imagine, like, uh-huh. you know, those th- those things skip. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll <laughs> skip or needle would you know bounce off the record like anything uh-huh. like. For imagine, sure. Imagine trying to come back from that. Uh huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or either turntable like. The needle would just break, and you have to. You only got one turntable. Uh huh. Like, what are you gonna do in that? You know. You know, I've seen cats. Uh, remember Brickyard used to do like an open mic night. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there were a few DJs that went up there with their controllers, and like the laptop would shut down, or exactly. the program would shut down, and they yeah. would just lose it, bro. They were like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah. Did and you then they the would pressure, just walk man. off. Yeah, dude. So that that's actually yeah, that's really good advice. I remember. One time, our beats weren't working on CD or mini. D- we used to play them on mini disc, and we had to go off instrumentals. You know Dude, what I mean? One time, it, okay. Yeah. Uh, here's a story on that, just like a little side story. But I opened up for um, for a Ti. It was wow. his, his, his first time de- uh, coming here mm-hmm. to perform, and um, and then they're like, "All right, here's the CD player. Uh, here's his instrumentals. You're gonna play his instrumentals." I'm like, "Shit." Oh. I'm like, okay. I'm like, "All right, cool." And then uh, I was playing straight off of vinyl at that time too. Yeah, this was probably back like two thousand 
2005, 2000, no, 2004. Yeah. And then, um, so the his uh, his uh, stage manager or whoever, his road manager, gives me the CD with the instrumentals. We start the show. He's jumping on stage. I, I, all his homies are there jumping. <laughs> CD skipping. Oh. This dude's calling me out like, what the fuck? What's up with this DJ? This fucking <laughs> DJ. <laughs> You know what I mean? Damn. And then, so then, like, let's start it over again. We put in T-shirts, everything we can to, to you know, for the vibration so it doesn't yeah. skip. Mm-hmm. We did everything we could. And then again, we started, and they're jumping around, still skipping. What the fuck? And he's calling me out, man, these guys, Albuquerque DJs and your sound guys suck, oh. all this shit. It's putting us to shame, right? Take out the CD, it was scratched like fuck. Yeah. And I showed him, I, I, so I took out the CD, showed him, like, hey, it's scratched up, dude. Yeah. And then I, like, I, I even threw the CD. I was pissed off. I yeah. even threw it. And then, uh, then they eventually brought me another CD uh-huh. with the tracks on it and then continued with the show. But uh-huh. it's just, like, fuck, to be that young and, yeah. like, one of my biggest concerts and to be, like, uh-huh. put on the spot like that. Like, Damn, bro. You know? Everybody looking at you, like, thinking it's my fault. It's like, nah, man, T.I., look at your CD, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you wouldn't get away with that shit now, yeah, man. Like, yeah, come on. yeah, definitely. Damn. It's like a CD. It's not even like a DAT machine. It's like. Uh-huh. That's an ill story, man. <laughs> <laughs> shit, dude. Like, I can imagine. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. Dude, yeah, that's a good or, story. Or uh, when we were younger. Um, so uh, on Omega's podcast, you hear him talk about packing a you know, Honda Civic. Full of speakers, like uh-huh. how it was like in house, but that was my Honda Civic. Oh, really? Yeah. So we, <laughs> so we had a gig in Bernalillo, right? And we had probably had we were running late because we we're just packed, trying to find room to fit everything in. So we were uh-huh. like running behind. And so we were driving to Bernalillo to do a graduation party. I get a blowout, mm. and I'm like, damn, damn. It's like we got to be at the spot in 30 minutes. Like uh-huh. shit. So we had to take everything out of the trunk, out of the car, and uh-huh. like, and all these cars are <laughs> passing. We got speakers <laughs> out, and he changed that tire in like freaking two minutes. Did he? Damn. And then we went, did our gig, and found like a tire shop, <laughs> got a new tire, <laughs> yeah. and then drove back. And it's like our money just went into the tire. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, brutal. That's a good one, man. But yeah, that's that's good advice. Like DJing under pressure. Yeah, um, I mean, because people crack it, man. Yeah, like, uh-huh. uh, it's all about networking too, man. And, and like, you're, you know, if you want to get gigs, mm-hmm. network, get with the right people, maintain, yeah. uh, and then you want to maintain a good relationship with these uh, promoters and uh, definitely the, yeah. the club owners, promoters. You know what I mean? That's because yeah. your 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 skills will will sell. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, maintaining good relationships. You know, I, I've seen people blow up at people, and it's like, well, they're never coming here again. Exactly. You dude. just, you know, you burnt a bridge, and you don't want to burn a bridge unless you really have to. So, um, yeah, maintaining good relationships and just being humble. Yeah, because <coughs> I never came off as, like, I'm the best DJ, but I put in so much work. Yeah, the work people, speaks for the, itself. Yeah, people yeah. recognize it. They're like, uh-huh. you know, it's cool to, you know, see people, and they're like, oh, man, you're still DJing? I uh-huh. heard you on the radio, and, you know. Uh-huh. When are you playing next? And it's like it's cool, like you're still doing it after all these years. Yeah, you know, for sure. And then it and it's tough because like as a, you know, for me I'm kind of like, I want to say an older DJ, but I'm kind of like a kind of like a veteran in a way. For sure. 
you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I started off like in bars at 17 years old, so uh-huh. you know what I mean. So I've been doing it for a long time, but uh, to have to adapt to all like all this music and yeah. and that's hard too because it's a lot of it's garbage always cha- now. Yeah, there's a lot of garbage, and then and music's then, always changing. Yeah, and sometimes uh, some good stuff <coughs> though, like yeah. when, when I, like all the reggaeton like came out again. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, that's good. <laughs> the, the women love this stuff. Uh-huh. So you know. Yeah. And then you got all this like new rap, and I'm like, God. <laughs> and my son likes it, and I have yeah. to hear. It. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, um, I hear it too, man. In the in the classroom, the kids play it. They're like, check this out. I'm like, oh. Do you even know what they're saying right now? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I have no idea what they're saying. But then saying. again, <laughs> I show my son some cool stuff. My, my son likes DOS effects. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah at least like something cool, like some uh-huh. old school shit. And a lot of my kids too. Their parents play like, you know, you can tell they play, you know, Dr. Dre, Easy E. Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, you know, Mr. P, what's a six foe? I'm like, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, cruising down the street, my six foe. I'm like, oh, it's a car. <laughs> even like, uh, um, um, I showed a. You know, uh, did you ever see that video of the that dance 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 video that was going on, on Facebook? You know, people were like yeah. sharing it. Uh huh. Like I showed my son, I was like, "That's how we used to dress. That's how uh-huh. like it was <laughs> like at these team dance." And then my son's like, "What? All this baggy stuff? Why you guys uh-huh. wear all this baggy stuff? That looks stupid." And we're like, <laughs> "All your guys' little tight yeah. pants, skinny yeah. jeans. That's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, dude. You guys coloring your hair? Like what the hell? Uh huh. Like, yeah, that's right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 baggy clothes, man. The shit, baggy dickies, baggy Ben Davis. I had them all, man. I yeah. had biggies. Uh-huh. I um, because uh, I used to work at I used to work at the mall all through high school. I worked at the mall. I had like two, three jobs at the mall. Oh wow! So I used to work at Gadzooks. Remember that yeah. store? Yep. It was across from Mr. Rags. Yep, Mr. Rags. I remember Mr. <laughs> I went in and see. That, that's how I met uh like uh Cascade in there too. Oh really? Okay. That's what's up. That's why I think that was the first time I ever seen like uh I remember like Antox was DJing like in the front window. Oh really? Yeah. Dude. Man, I miss those days. <laughs> and so like when I saw them having DJs, I pro you know, I told my boss, I was like, Hey, I'm a DJ, let's put me in the store. Uh-huh. And so we would do it for like special occasions. Uh-huh. And I remember uh Terry's. Remember Terry's? Yeah. The store. They had DJ in there. And then there was another store on San Mateo, and I think it was in that same little building as um the the record store. They they had a D, it was a clothing store. They had a DJ in there as well, but I forget the name of that store. But Terry's had I remember they they would bring in a DJ every once in a while. <laughs> Dude, that's dope. Yeah, man. Well, man, I think on that note we'll we'll end it. But I would like to have you come back. I'm gonna come back with I'm gonna you know I'm gonna come back with clout. Come back with clout, and we'll have some more. Stuff. And I need to figure out because I can hook up more microphones to this, and we'll have like yeah, we'll we'll get clout some Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with my coffee here. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, we'll have you guys come back, and I want to get Shakedown in here. I talked to Shakedown already; he's down. Yeah, man. I need to get Entox in here. I want to get you know just just some more cats to come in and and rep, but. Thanks for coming through, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for really having me, man. Yeah, it's, dope that, it's dope that you're doing this in general, dude. Hey, man. It's I like doing it. It's fun. A lot of people don't know about about you know certain artists and how we came up and everything like that. Yeah, so we need this to. Gives uh, a good window for all the the people, all the, all the listeners. You know what I mean? To yeah, we need to. Idea. Um, we need to just get 
people's histories down. And I'm so thankful that Omega yeah. came in and gave his, you know, oral history before. Yeah. I know, mean, like, all that stuff was true. I was there for all that stuff. Like, all the stuff that you talked about. Yeah. You know, like, because I've known him for all those years, man, and uh-huh. sharing all those memories and all those times and the Word way up. and the way that, yeah, the way stuff went down. Definitely. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was there for some of it. You were there for most of it, dude. For most That's of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, yeah, we'll get you and Clout back in here, and uh, we'll we'll have a jam session. We'll we'll continue the conversation, but... Really appreciate it, man. And, All right, and man. Word yeah. up. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for coming through. All right, cool. All right, peace. All right, peace.